Hey, welcome back to We Know How to Read. I'm Megan. And I'm Natalie. And today we are getting into our second episode for our writing workshops uh, series. Um, So just to catch all up, uh, last week we talked about getting the initial idea and then what to do next and thinking about uh, how to start the planning process, your perspective. Um, We talked a little bit about some of the platforms that we use, which we will continue talking about throughout Mm -hmm. the series, Um, but basically just getting the initial idea and just writing everything down. Um, And now today we are going to be talking about building out that idea. We're going to go into world building and character development um, and everything more and (laughs) just building out, which definitely like if you are not in fantasy some of this stuff probably won't be applicable yes. to you because if but, you're writing in present mm-hmm. world great but you still have to create your town world your, you still have to create your world and your city, the rules your, mm-hmm. yeah exactly so there are some things yeah. that cross over obviously not everything mm-hmm. but there are some things that will be, you'll be able to transfer and i wish we could be more uh inclusive and have more knowledge on those aspects but unfortunately not my thing i would love to write a cozy fantasy like it's not a cozy fantasy a cozy romance mm-hmm. but i don't know what i would write <laughs> so i do have as you you all uh learned last episode we have a lot of projects in the wings yes. um you just like all writers you can't just have one no um and if you are a writer that has one and you stick to it and you don't veer off then you know kudos to you i don't you. i don't know how you do it but uh my adhd could never um, but I do have, I do have, I don't know if I would say contemporary things. I know that in high school, I did have a few like kind of contemporary things, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, that I'm not really interested in currently. I oh, have contemporary in the sense of like, it's contemporary, but there happens to be witches are real. You, you know? just made me remember a novel that I wrote. Oh. I completely forgot that I wrote this. <laughs> it's contemporary too. So we may have a little bit more knowledge that uh, you're letting on. I don't know. So like when I told you about <laughs> I finished writing my first novel, that was fantasy. That was a fantasy novel. Yeah, and I was yeah. like, yeah, that's the only novel I ever wrote. Oh my dear Lord. It, this book has a title. It is complete. Ooh. I, have a, I have a full manuscript on my computer right now. Done. Ooh. It's not Look romance, but it's, it's a good, you know, it's one of those books that I feel like I would like to come back to. And like write it mm. because I think it has a good message. Yeah, for teens, yeah. It's, it's it's a teen like mm. uh, definitely high school library feel. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Contemporary high school. Uh huh. Um, holes meets gangs. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, well. With that in mind. (laughs) Let's talk about character development. Yeah. How to create your characters. Now, me being the psychopath uh, planner that I am, (laughs) I have detailed uh, worksheets that I fill out Mm -hmm. for all of my characters. Yeah. And that is I do too. (laughs) Like, you don't have to do that. You don't. For me, the reason I have all of this planned out is, uh, so I, if y'all didn't already know, Natalie is the type a planner uh we have yet to find an author that is as As neurotic as neurotic uh, yeah exactly um but it makes sense with the fact that she is currently working on a high fantasy right now yes um i am more of a planter where i'm not quite 
a full pantser where I just fly off, you know, and no, write whatever Stacey comes Marie to mind. Brown. I can't, I can't do that. That's yeah. Stacey Marie. Um, but I am, I have a little bit of planning, but I don't go as crazy. I have the problem where the planning gets in the way of my writing and then I no. do too much planning and then I don't write because I'm planning. I'm like, well, I have to plan instead of write. And I think I'm doing stuff and I'm not, um, <laughs> that's my problem. But I also have, um, character sheets that I fill out. So I'm going to tell you guys what I have for, uh, I would say auxiliary characters, characters Mm -hmm. that are potentially in reoccurring throughout the book, maybe not main characters Mm -hmm. or they are in one book and not another baseline information that I have written down about them, their name, potentially Mm -hmm. a last name, their hair color, texture, length of their hair, Mm -hmm. like style, eye color, and sometimes shape if I want to height, age, and then depending on like who they are i have like here's a good one i have a a woman named melinda straight red hair typically braided loads of freckles 510 blue eyes 32 Mm -hmm. definitely need to age these people up (laughs) (laughs) Mm. but like so i have shiloh i have her written as like Mm -hmm. natural brown black hair she's african-american she is not like that's why I say nat- she keeps her hair natural. Mm-hmm. Uh, brown eyes, 5'5", five, five, she's 20. If they have magic, I have it listed underneath that. Like Shiloh has magic. Well, all these people have magic. But <laughs> um, but these are the characters that I am expanding upon in book two. Uh, only three of them are in book one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So, no, I do something kind of like similar. The way I'm, for my auxiliary characters that aren't you know they're just the little side characters that should pop up I have like basic descriptions like you were saying name height age physical appearance so I know what they look like and I can describe what they look like in the book but then I have like what I do is I have like a little like paragraph or two of just some information about them and that's it now when it comes to main characters I have gone through many many different iterations of what a character profile sheet should look like and I say that in quotes y'all listening can't see my quotes uh, (laughs) because your character sheet can look like however you freaking want it to look like that is up to you um I have gone through the whole like 100 questions like if you google character sheets there's one that pops up that's like 100 questions and I'm like this is too much I can't do this so Um, I like to use the um theater character profile so specifically for like broadway and theater Mm -hmm. i think those are really good they're just detailed enough but not over Mm -hmm. the top because it usually includes like costumes and i use that for their attire yes and like what so it has costumes and accessories are typically parts Mm -hmm. of the things for theater production so it's like what are they carrying on them on and off stage i think that's a really helpful category because if you're doing like what do they carry on their body like are they like regardless of where they are if it's like fantasy or not Mm-hmm. They they're gonna have their daily carries. That's a thing. Yes, yes. Like I have my oh, yeah. my first ever bio for my main character from my book. Now, mind you, I wrote this in 2014, <laughs> so almost a decade ago. Ew. Mm-hmm. Um, she was 18. She's not 18 anymore. <laughs> She's five eight. I got a I got a tall one. Mm-hmm. That hasn't changed. Hazel eyes, yellow gold. I I wrote down they glow at night. But that 
not so much. They appear to be glowing. They are not actually glowing. Long, like long, curly, like crocodile curls. Like, uh, black hair, thick eyelashes, oval eyes. Um, I would, would like to know what long skin button nose is. Because that's <laughs> not a long cute. skinny. Maybe I don't know. I don't know because that's not true anymore either. Uh, thin lips. She has a scar from the base of her neck over her collarbone down to her chest. She's mute, has a round face. And then I have her talents, map reading, sewing, knife work, and plant knowledge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, <laughs> sorry, Azel's hair has changed. <laughs> oh, wait, his name's not Azel anymore either. His name's Oh! God, that's a spoiler. <laughs> Oh, he's tall. I made him tall. I he's shorter now. I made him shorter than he is when I originally <laughs> wrote him. He's six four in my original planning. He's like maybe six foot now. <laughs> so as you can see, basically your characters are going to go through changes. Oh, 100%. as you right, uh, whether that's because that's how you plan it or something, you change something just cause. Can we just um, I want you to see this weird eye drawing that I I drew. That's his I love eye that. shape. <laughs> Oh my god. That's hilarious. Yeah. Um, so I do right now what I'm doing. Oh, that's her favorite color. I was like, why is there random colors on this page? I have their favorite color written down. Because that's that's a, that's important, yes, guys. It is. And blue is um, not my favorite color. It's purple. She's <laughs> <laughs> a purple girly guys. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, so I think right now. The way that I have it, it's not as detailed as it usually is. I've gone through some very, very detailed ones and I just can't do it anymore. Uh, right now, what I have is physical appearance. And then I have, um, oh gosh, I'm trying to think. I don't have it in front of me. Physical appearance and then notable events like in their life so basically their history yeah um their life story written in like a smaller little thing and then I have personality and I Mm. do my personality because I have to have all that written down um for me I'm like I need well yeah they do but then I jot down notes so I don't forget Uh, uh. um because I don't ever want a character to feel out of place out out of of place out of character yeah so (laughs) I recently when I was doing the writing group with you uh, over the summer before school started back up, I went through a whole week, I think, or at least a few days yeah. of researching Zodiac signs and my Rick <gasps> stuff. I remember because that. that's what I understand best. Yeah. Um, I also like to give mine Hogwarts houses because it just makes it easier for me to find descriptive words. Ravenclaw of like and Gryffindor. Yeah, that makes sense. This is just self-insert. <laughs> but no, she's not. She's so much. No, I know. I'm just, I'm just messing with you. <laughs> like, I don't want to give her Hufflepuff, but I think she might be a Hufflepuff. Yeah, yeah. I think she will evolve into mm-hmm. a Ravenclaw. Yeah. But I think definitely right now she is mm-hmm. a Hufflepuff. Yeah. But like for my main characters in my cozy fantasy, I know they're... Because I found, I found a website that will tell you what your sun moon and rising star signs all mean like as a you know that means you know their birthdays I don't know their I didn't do it based off birthdays oh okay I did I mean I technically could probably but I did it based off of um 
what the information said. So I went with, okay, what do I think their sun sign would be mm. based on how I want the character to be? And then I looked for iterations of like their sun and their moon together and what type of person that creates with the rising and all that stuff. It's really cool if you're, you know, into that stuff. Um, so I found a website that does that for you. And it just tells you a little bit of like, your sun and moon together show this and then your rising shows this. So I know all of those things about my four main characters in my cozy fantasy. And I know their D- their Myers-Briggs personality because I, I figured that out. And then I know their D&D alignment. I, don't, I would like to send my character's bios to you and I would like you to figure that out for me. <laughs> now, if you want to be as anal as I am with character development, um, I'm going to show you something that I have done for my characters. Mm-hmm. I only have one in front of me because it's the only one that I've kept. But I'm going to tell you guys, you can go online and you can print off paper doll templates. Yes, I've you mentioned can. this before, and you'll you won't hear. This I'm very excited. I'm very excited because I have them right here in front of me. I, it's taped into my binder, but I have her like. So this is what she looks like when she's walking around with her cloak. Uh-huh. So you have her cloak, and then you flip the page, and it's without the cloak. So this is what she's just chilling in, and then you have wait, there's one more. So she wears a headscarf. Uh, you have her without her like skirt, long skirt on, just her like riding pants. Mm-hmm. And then you have her without the headscarf and just her normal attire. So if obsessed. you want to <laughs> Obsessed. Absolutely obsessed. If you want to be like me, <laughs> you can print off paper dolls and design little outfits mm-hmm. for what they look like throughout mm-hmm. the book. Because, oh, which you guys can't tell, but there's actually like a big like blue in the background of this because you can kind of see some like weird background drawing that's a hint to what happens to her in mm-hmm. the second book or the third book yeah book. so yeah. yeah you can be like that or in addition if you are doing something mm-hmm. like me who needs this kind of information i have a um entire bloodline and history of yes. my main character yeah i've done that before with um with the fantasy series that I started in like college, I think it was. Um, I still have I have the entire lineage of kings, um, and like dates and like how many years they ruled until the next one and all this stuff. So yeah, I I feel that. Well, I have one. absolutely. Is that their children? I never pictured them having children. So yeah, if you do a a one of these kind of situations definitely mm. look into and and part of the world building process is deciding where you're going to pull your lore from. yes and yes i pull my lore from literally everywhere mm-hmm. i'm not um, exclusive i do try to pick my names generally like if they're all supposed to be related i try to mm-hmm. pick one type of lore so this is like her family ironically all of their names are typically germanic or nordic mm-hmm. but unironically oh i would say a little bit of italian um, yeah because uh giovanna is not yeah not really nordic yeah. um but kind of stick within whatever uh lore if you're picking like mm-hmm. actual current lore but you know i have people from a like desert tribe and i try to stick with not like random one-off like mm-hmm. I don't have any Jezebels like hanging out in I mean that would kind of work. 
but like you get what I'm saying like I don't have like yeah. let me pick one of you like I don't have any masons hanging out mm-hmm. in my yeah you know, I try to be thoughtful. I yeah I also am very thoughtful I don't I pull from Lord but I I don't I pull more from I mean I'm a Latin teacher so yes. of course, I, I majored in Greek and Latin so obviously I pull a little bit more from that stuff I wouldn't say that I pull like it's like oh these this is basically Greek mythology just rewritten but I do use a lot of like how the system works if that makes sense yeah yeah when I create if if I do have a system where there are I know with my fantasy series uh my high fantasy series not my cozy fantasy series I created my own pantheon yeah. and I used it very similarly the way that like the Greek and Roman pantheon works but they're not the Greek and Roman gods um and so yeah 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 so like when it comes down to naming people like obviously stick with your first like core group of people that you are starting off your mm-hmm. novel with these other characters will come up and yeah like, like I have a yeah. character named like Cormac Cormac he was supposed to be a one-off character he was mm-hmm. actually originally no name and then I gave him a name and then I've decided I gave him a background and a mm-hmm. history with one, one of my secondary characters and it's gonna come back into play in the second book yeah wasn't that was not the original intent in the original yeah. draft he... just be you know used to characters running away from you uh yeah. um one of the things <laughs> I wanted to show you guys and like touch on is in my original planning i did this again crazy i am crazy um there's that i wanted to show you my some of my lore building because that is one of those Mm -hmm. things that we were going to talk about in this episode is your lore and you mentioned your pantheon i too created a deity system of gods religion i created my own religion again not necessary unless Mm -hmm. you're creating it so what yeah. I did is I took the, th- the you know, the iconic Christian formula mm-hmm. and I took the Father, the Spirit, and Jesus, and I turned three big gods. So we have the main god, Sparalux, mm-hmm. and, um, and then we have the mother, uh, Adamina, and then we have the son, don't know how to say his name, but I thought it looked cool. And then each of those gods are broken up into three lesser gods that mm-hmm. make them. So, te- so realistically, I have uh, nine. I have twelve main gods mm-hmm. um, that make up the entire yeah. thing. But they, the three got lesser gods, feed into the main god. Mm-hmm. So I took what you know, just a yeah. typical form of Christianity, and I just mm-hmm. put it on its head and made yeah. it a multi deity system. <laughs> yeah, and oh, yeah. I took what I. So a lot of people like believe like God is like the father, the light, the mm-hmm. hope, the ruler. So like for him, Spiralux, he is the light, the hope, the father. He is the one who rules over bravery, luck, travel, sun, men, hope. He's working out of the three demigods, mainly bravery, luck, and travel. Mm-hmm. So we have a goddess of travel, a goddess for luck, and a god for bravery. Mm-hmm. So like obviously like warriors and knights are going to be yeah. like these, you know, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. like the mother, which is like the spirit. I said like Hera, but not personality. (laughs) 
it's very important it is very important so she's very very important she's earth life itself you know Mm. she's demeter she is like everything associated with like a strong badass woman yeah Uh, i'm sorry she's broken up into five demigoddesses (laughs) so we have because i i decided that water is not just water Mm. there are multiple forms of water yeah we needed three water goddesses well, actually, mm-hmm. we have the main is a, the main water is a male, and then the th- the two branches yeah. off are both female. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we have the representation of the sun, which is mm-hmm. it's, it's children, the home and health. And so then we have like valor, growth, and like fertility are like his like demigods that go associated with him. Again, not necessary. You can use Greek and mm-hmm. Roman mythology in your story, and yes. you're not going to bat an eyelash. Right, exactly. Like that is the most acceptable exactly form of what did I write there? <laughs> oh, this is an old, old guys. I'm gonna share this with you. This is an old note, like we said in the last book, last uh, writer's thing. Write everything down. Here's a yes. scrap a scrap of paper that I wrote down. Stabs the rock troll in the shoulder. Okay. Um. Then Aiden comes to her rescues who is Aiden? Aiden does not exist anymore. (laughs) Aiden is not a character. I love that. (laughs) The troll charges at her when fighting he runs into the torchwood trees. I'm guessing Aiden. Uh, Cut or no cut on soldier. Shoulder, not soldier. (laughs) That's all I got. That's hilarious. So yes, write everything down. Again, even if you don't use it. mm -hmm. Um, But so when it comes to your character's Describe them as little or as much as you want. Um, my advice is don't let it get in the way of the writing. Um, Cause I know that's something I struggle with. Uh, don't force yourself to be a planner if you are not a planner and don't force yourself to be a pantser if you are not a pantser. Do what is right for you. Um, another thing I highly recommend when, cause we were talking about character names, um, get acquainted with, I know I own, um, a baby names dictionary. Oh yeah. At one point. Um, now you just all get them that. online, but I had a baby names dictionary. Yeah. Uh, baby names.com. All that. I most recently, because fantasy, I use fantasy name generator. Yeah. All of those. Really but, and that, I mean, fantasy name generator talking about world building. Uh, Cause I think we need to move over into that a little bit more too. Um, it has, names for all sorts of different types so like if i have someone who's going to be witchy i use the witch names mm-hmm. generator and you just keep clicking until you see something you like or if you see something you kind of like you could change obviously change it do what you want um they have town names they have species names they have i mean everything and they even have stuff that is not fantasy based they True. have names from all sorts of uh cultures and things like that so you can find anything and it's not cheating it's, it's not. using your resources. Um, I highly recommend the fantasy name generator, um, especially if you are trying to come up with names for things and you're struggling. And they also um, have stuff for like you can do towns and villages, mm, and exactly and kingdoms. It's not they even have like names of libraries and taverns yeah. and bogs. Like um, it is insane how good that fantasy name generator. It's one of my like yeah. Uh, I've got it bookmarked on now, my Google Chrome. One of the things that you need to think about when you are naming mm-hmm. your characters is if the name has any importance. So, like, yes. I picked my main character's name actually after somebody who really like positive impact in my life. Mm-hmm. But 
the entire her entire bloodline matters and they're all they have a, a deep-rooted connection with the a bird motif so yeah. all of their names are bird related yeah i mean it's some, just like within harry potter all of the blacks are stars exactly you know in constellations so, like, so that could be a fun thing that you can add into mm-hmm. your lore of your world um mm-hmm. and stuff like that and but also you the, don't have to you don't have to it just but it is what you it's want. fun it's fun now you made a really good point about pointing this out in a book that you were reading the other day and it's about picking the importance of picking names mm-hmm. to not have connotations with other things so like no one is ever allowed to use cassian asriel resan uh, aylent like these names are off limits harry ron hermione draco no one can use those names ever again pippin mary frodo like I mean, not in succession, but like they can definitely use those names. True, but like if <laughs> I saw a Pippin in another novel, my first, especially if it's fantasy, I, my first thought would be like Hobbit. Recently, saw a book or read a book where like Homer. Oh yeah, that was. Oh no, okay, so I figured that out. So so um apparently, and so uh I've been reading, I've been obsessed with this book series by uh Stephanie Holmes um she is a reverse harem um murder mystery paranormal author they're fantastic um <laughs> i love them so much i've read all eight of this series um the ninth one and final one comes out in april i cannot wait but yeah. basically so this is gonna be a spoiler for that series so if you do want to go read that series don't you know yeah listen to this little bit but basically, there's a character in there. His name is Mr. Simpson. You find out that his first name is Homer. And it's Simson, S-I-M-S-O-N. In book seven, they were talking about it. And she even made a comment. It was his own joke. Like, he made that joke on purpose. Ah, Homer okay. Simpson. Like, she she said it. She was like, Homer Simpson, his own joke. Like, Homer Simpson from The Simpsons. Like, yeah. it was acknowledged. So I was like, okay, okay good. we're good now. We're good. Uh, good. Yeah, like, that, was, you know, that was fixed. But yeah, there's just certain names that you, I feel like you have to be at least aware of. Yes. Yeah. You do have to be aware of them because of like, I can, popular connotations. Like Resand. I can see you getting more. I've recently read a book. I read a book called literally called Rowan. I read two books. That's what it was. There was a book where one of the characters was Rowan. I've read two book characters books with the Mm -hmm. main male character named Rowan. And I literally couldn't unsee it. I was just like, yeah. oh. like that. But was with all that name. said and done, name them what you want to name them. It's your yeah. book, your characters. Just be aware that some of the more popular things, especially if you are writing in fantasy or in the same genre that those characters came from. Yeah. If they're super popular, it might be a little bit of a like thing exactly. with your readers, but it's your story. Do what you want. Do whatever you want. I mean, I yeah. could definitely see people. I mean, I'm not really good at it. This says a lot about how much contemporary romance mm-hmm. like 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 digestible contemporary romance yeah i don't know half the nicholas sparks main characters but in the world of people who read mm-hmm. that kind of stuff that might be something to think about it's just like yeah. do you want to be associated with this i and mean like, we recently you- yeah we recently had that thing where um and this is very niche uh for us <laughs> but we were talking about when we were doing our crescent city stuff mm-hmm. um there's some flynn and declan oh yeah because those are characters in this Catherine's book so we kept like thinking about them but there are always i mean there's always gonna be something always gonna but be just something. be prepared for maybe yeah. comments about it mm-hmm. and just tell people to shove right off 
Right. It's your book. Do what you want. And if your character's main name changes like mm-hmm. mine has, that's fine. It's your yeah. it's your book. Yeah. It's your book. Do what and you then, want. So let's get into some world building stuff. Yes. World building can be really complicated if mm-hmm. you're doing high fantasy and it can be really simple if you're doing contemporary. Yeah. But um, I think it's very important to not get in the trap of, oh, I'm writing contemporary. I don't need to world build. No, you definitely need to world build. Def- I know that I was writing... For NaNoWriMo a few years ago, I was working on a book that was contemporary, but with witches where like she finds out she has magic and then she meets with a coven and it's witchy, but it's in the modern world. It was set in Alabama because that's where my family's from. So of course it's, you know, going to be set in Alabama. That's a good place. Uh, You know, but I had, yeah, but I had to like, um, you have to visualize um where it's gonna be what part of the town are you gonna use like for me I was gonna use Huntsville because that's what I'm most familiar with yeah that's where my family is from is Huntsville so are you gonna use Huntsville if that's the case what places are you gonna actually have from there that are real what places are you gonna make up um if you are going to be using a town that already exists it needs to be accurate yes no be familiar with that area if you're but if you're not and you need make one up, like with this new one that I just came up with last night, I'm gonna make that shit up because yeah. I'm not I'm not messing with a small town I don't know anything and about. One of the um things- you have to be able to build that, even if it's modern day. Yeah, you need to know like um does hulu exist like what right exactly you know does it not exist Do, is there a movie theater like you gotta mm-hmm. think about that kind of you kind of have to make your own little city plan yes and regardless of where you are if you're if your uh fantasy novel is taking place in a city you need to mm-hmm. map that shit out yes exactly because your character like one of the things that makes make or breaks a mm-hmm. really good novel regardless of the genre is the fact that your reader can go through that city and almost mm-hmm. see it with their eyes closed yes because it grounds, for lack of a better world, mm-hmm. it'll be grounding you. It grounds mm-hmm. your world. It makes yeah. things feel concrete and tangible when you're reading it and not just like mm-hmm. hypothetical. Exactly. And that is so important. And it's one of those things, if you're writing about something that you've never lived in a small town, you've never mm-hmm. lived in the country, you've never been to the mountains, do your research. Yes. Watch movies yes. that have similar plot lines to what you might want to write mm-hmm. about. Mm-hmm. Read books that have those similar plot lines. Like, yeah, find do as much research as you can even if you think oh it's contemporary it's real world I don't have to do anything you still have to build it it's not going to be as intensive as a fantasy world yeah but you still have to build it the biggest thing that ever like really takes me out of something is if a writer decides to write in an area that I am familiar with and Mm -hmm. they may not be so like I remember I was reading a sports romance novel and it happened to take place in Virginia at a college football stadium and Mm -hmm. like North Carolina somewhere like really close to home yeah and I was just like they were talking about actual Mm -hmm. cities that I have been to and they were talking about this team and I was and like they weren't like giving it like enough information to really like the school didn't have a name but Mm -hmm. like there was mascots mentioned and I'm like trying to triangulate where this is because I was like where is this like what and they never mentioned like a concrete place Mm -hmm. and it doesn't exist but they they use too many real world markers that mm-hmm. made me feel like if you're not from the, if you yeah. want to write where you're not from mm-hmm. do extensive research like nothing takes me more out of it to say like they were writing about um you know new england and it's like it got to a I don't, like you gotta look at your weather you gotta look at your yeah like, yeah and if it is gonna get to 100 like that happened when my sister was living in washington state 
it got to 100. You need to make that, oh, you know, known like this is not normal. No, that's abnormal. You know? So or like, if it's in a mountainous area, look at mm-hmm. the type of mountains. Mountains are so different. Yes. In so many different parts of the world. And if it's mm-hmm. a fictional world, pull from that inspiration, pull from yeah. a mountain uh, range that you want to emulate in your mm-hmm. novel and use, like, do your due diligence of yes. the industry. Now, you don't have to, but that helps. Yeah. Some yeah. authors, like, I mean, Faith Marie Brown is a great author to do this. She does very I was gonna, world building mm-hmm. where she's not like detail, detail, detail. She's just enough to get the information mm-hmm. straight across. Same yes. thing with SJM. SJM also does just enough information to ground to get things it, but not yes. so much to like describe the molecular mm-hmm. build of the geodes, which right. is fine. Yes. You need to decide where you want to do that. Exactly. And you need to decide how much detail you're going to give. But as you know, you need to be able to show your reader what everything looks like. Because I know for me, if we're over here at this like pub or whatever, and then suddenly we're over here at this library and two chapters ago, you said the library was across town, but it took them two minutes to get there. You got to like, yeah, you know, be sure that you're consistent with that and have all that worked out. Um, And I highly recommend if you're able to, not everyone is able to, but if you're able to, travel to a place that if you're going to talk about a place that you're not familiar with travel there if you can I know Stacey Marie Brown mentioned that she does that um obviously again if you're able to um or do as much research online as you possibly can about a place because believe me nothing makes someone angrier than when they're reading about their hometown and there are wrong details right um and there are wrong details that aren't necessary for the plot why is there no map so <laughs> sorry i was trying to like bring up a good world world building like reference for you guys through using uh why are these out of order this is <laughs> what the hell i'm having i'm i'm having issues <laughs> I am having issues here, what guys. What book series are you looking at? Tolkien. Oh, okay. And none of these have a map at the beginning. I can tell you guys, you know. Oh, they're in the back. Okay. So, like, here's the thing about lore building. Oh, my God. These mm-hmm. are really nice. Yeah. So, moving into more of a fantasy. So, that's contemporary. Have as much or as little. Just be sure you know where you are, what's happening, and the rules that you have to work with then. Even if it's contemporary and it's a place that already exists, you still need to be familiar with it. So now moving into more of a fantasy, which is what we are most familiar so with. You have two different types of fantasy maps that you can focus on. Mm-hmm. You can focus on the entire world or you can focus on a section of the world. Yeah. So like in We Hunt the Flame, her map is much smaller. It is mm-hmm. just the localized area that is referenced within the novel. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a little harder to read, but they live on like an island. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when you're writing your novel... You need to decide, is this, like, are you going to, don't feel pressured to plan an entire globe. You right. Make a small section. I mean, even SJM is that way. She yeah. has an island, and there's references to other continents, mm-hmm. but it's just a small section yeah. of which where the story is. It's not super place. detailed. Now, some of hers, like Throne of Glass, you see a detailed. little bit more broader, but there are still things, like you don't see Dornell and Winland or the Southern Continent. And then you get to Crescent City and it's just Crescent City, even though yeah. in the second book they travel outside of it, but it's just Crescent City. 
So get as detailed or as simple as you possibly want it. If you are doing fantasy, highly recommend having a map um, because I know as fantasy readers, we love us a good map. for your readers, but for yourself. Yeah, for yourself as well. I mean, just the other day I was typing up character information for my cozy fantasy and I was like, okay, where is her hometown? Completely forgot, you know, where it was because I didn't write it down. And I looked on my map and I was like, okay, there it is. And like, does that make sense? And then if you are having your characters travel, you need to be able to, you know, have them go through the correct routes. So even if you don't want a map um, in your book, have one for yourself. Yes. Mm-hmm. And like, obviously the final version of your map is going to evolve over time. And mm-hmm. eventually you might need to consult an actual graphic designer or somebody mm-hmm. else to do the map for you and take your sketches that you have yeah but maps are super helpful to help you kind of like track like I had to like I looked at the map that I created again I'm crazy and so like I used a grid system Mm -hmm. to just like you would like a big handheld map to do quadrants and then how many miles and like I Mm -hmm. looked up the average amount of miles somebody can walk in a certain amount of hours oh I've done that too yes (laughs) so I can make sure my hiking Mm -hmm. and my cross-country travels were believable yeah because yeah. no one, because like mine is definitely almost day to the day, like tra- mm-hmm. like travel, like we're not time skipping very much. So I wanted to make sure it was logistic. Like, I don't want my person to be able to scour three days worth of hiking in one afternoon. That's, right. that's not it. Exactly. Because again, if anything pulls you out of the story is when it's unrealistic. Mm-hmm. And, it's like, mm, and mm. unrealistic. See, the thing that I think a lot of people, and this was something that with a series you know I recently back to one of the mystery series again love this author fantastic but for me it pulled me out um when the Roman soldier the ghost of the Roman soldier was being described as seven feet tall yeah no Romans were not seven feet tall no they were some of them maybe hit six feet but average was like five, six, five, seven for the men. If you've ever been in like Pompeii, if you've ever gone to Pompeii, one, oh, if I you like Pompeii. to travel, go to Pompeii. It's definitely, amazing. I love it. Um, Let me, can I tack on to the why you should go to Pompeii? Why? Yes. Okay. So <laughs> I was supposed to, I was only planning on spending a half day in Pompeii because I was like, mm-hmm. it's Pompeii. Why would I spend more than a, you know, like a few hours, like five hours in Pompeii is plenty of time. <laughs> but, Megan, I was giving it five hours. <laughs> I was going to get there at open and leave at uh, lunch. Uh, and I was like, that's plenty of time for Pompeii. It is not. We ha- it's not. We, yeah. I, ended, I ended up looking at my husband and I was just like, I'm having such a fun time here. I don't want to leave. Because we didn't have like concrete plans. We're just yeah. kind of like flying by the seat of our pants mm-hmm. that day. And I was like, would you be okay with staying? And we ended up staying a full mm-hmm. day at Pompeii. Yeah. It's yeah. worth it, guys. Yes, it is so worth it. I recently, when I was there this past spring with students, um, I was like be bopping along in my, because Pompeii is really where like, history started for me like my interest in archaeology and latin and all that started was pompeii and um i was like i love this and some of the parents were like i'm ready to be done like it's the exact same thing over and over and i was like no it's not it's It's like i've seen it once i've seen it twice i'm like no we have it and the layout they have they have new things uncovered they're (gasps) they're uncovering that we got to see oh it's so cool but anyway anyway so but my point is you go to a door, no seven foot Roman is going to walk no. through that door. I barely fit under the door and I'm five, four. So little things like that. Now, again, I love Pats. 
I, I love him dearly and I love this author, but that kept pulling me out. So you have yeah. to be careful with that when you're building your world. Yes. And that includes what you were saying about distances. If you can, you know, oh, it's on the other side of the kingdom and then you can get there in five days, like five hours. That's not a big kingdom. Unless your kingdom is like teeny, teeny, tiny. And you mention that your kingdom is teeny, teeny, tiny. Yeah. Then it's a city. <laughs> then it's a city. So be careful with that, especially so, if it's a fantasy type thing. The only other thing that I want to harp on before we talk about breakdown, the final, like, mm-hmm. I would say top 10 things you need to have when world building mm-hmm. is when it comes to deciding, excuse me, when it comes to deciding some crucial things, like, for example, two things that I I had, I changed in my own novel mm-hmm. based off of feedback from people was language mm-hmm. and certain like I would say nuances as in like money and measurements so mm-hmm. I was like I'm writing a fantasy novel I need to create my own form of measure like feet don't know yeah. kilometers what I was coming yeah. up with my own forms of measurement and I had a few mm-hmm. people feedback but like what's this thing like is this make or break to the fantasy no is it right. um, is it worth it being a new form of measurement mm-hmm. for my readers to learn yeah. I'm not saying money. You can have na- names for money. Mm-hmm. But do I need to have a special word for instead of saying three feet or yard or whatever, I have another word? Like, do mm-hmm. I need that? No. Well, that, and that reminds me of months ago when we were talking, you had messaged me about your book and you're like, I need to figure out what this group of people is called. <laughs> the and there's a bird motif. And we were like, all right, let's look. Let's, we were looking at like Latin words and how we could change them. And then your husband was just like, why are you making this difficult? Yeah, he's like, this, what's the point of this? Why does all this? That's the case. Blah, blah, blah. Like that makes, and then we were like, oh, so it doesn't have to be. Yeah, just, it's it's like literally, and I know I think people give Tolkien a hard time about this, but like, so what? He created a whole ass language for the elves. Like he created a whole ass language that you can learn and people can speak, and then he calls it Mount Doom. And so a lot of people like were like, really, Mount Doom? You're not going right. to give it some like crazy? But we all know what Mount Doom is. Exactly. And it doesn't take away from the story, at least in my opinion. It doesn't. So don't worry about being like every little thing has to be so planned out, or so recreated. Thoughtful. It's okay. You know, now, obviously, one don't of the things that I read, <laughs> don't use Mount Doom, first off. That, that's, I don't know. No. But secondly, um, be careful, like, there's that whole thing of um I'm just gonna use Sarah J. Mass as an example by the cauldron or oh yeah you know, like insults like and like cursing like... oh here's no, a good cursing one. in fantasy yes. worlds where it's like instead of saying oh my god it's you know cauldron blessed cauldron blessed or by the cauldron or you know so whatever great... it is so in comparison to yeah. that like having alternative cursing mm. my, my cursing in my book is just fuck like yeah. that's what they say yeah. but one of I'm reading a person's writing right now and she has a goddess named Luna but not Luna yes. as is the Luna that we know mm-hmm. and I have brought it to their attention and I was mm-hmm. like hey and they're kind of on the fence about not changing it and I was like you know what it's your book mm-hmm. but it is not a moon goddess yeah that's gonna be confusing and I'm like well what are we doing here and like that's Mm -hmm. some things that you got it like you can do whatever you want to do in your world yeah but there are significant cultural impacts that might hinder Mm -hmm. something 
Yeah. And so ultimately when you are working on your character development, your lore mm-hmm. and your world building, things that you need to think about location, the setting. Yes. Location. Does it change? Location, location, location. Right. Does it change? If you're, are you traveling? Where are you mm-hmm. going to? What does the world look like as you're traveling? Are you staying in the same type of region or does like, mm-hmm. like my character goes from North mountains, like North, mm-hmm. like cold through a mountain range to like, still not like summer, mm-hmm. but then she goes across an ocean and it's like much warmer on the other side. Mm-hmm. That's my character crossing my world. Where, what is the climate yeah. like? What is the, yeah. uh, you know, what does the region look like? You got to know that. Mm-hmm. When it comes to magic being in play, what level of magic does everybody yeah. have? Does everybody have magic? You're going to have to figure that out. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to figure out how magic is implemented. Not Very few people have magic in my world. Mm-hmm. It's not a thing. Now, magical creatures, all another category. <laughs> there is an abundance of those. <laughs> That's because the great magical creature, uh, Human War, happened. Ooh. And the creatures won. <laughs> Ooh. Yes to humans. <laughs> I had my own little fern gully moment. <laughs> Amazing. so like location Mm -hmm. how does your character interact within your location Mm -hmm. any like crazy like um government like laws that's what i'm looking for there you go like yeah what are the laws in your world like yeah not just i mean we have laws in our world so they have to have what are the boundaries that your character has to work within exactly and if they break them what are the possible consequences of that exactly so like my character her existence is one not it's like taboo it's not illegal but it's taboo and people find it very like disturbing Mm -hmm. of her existence Mm -hmm. and not because like she was born but like the way she looks is taboo Mm -hmm. but her she she is part of a group called the cage now the cage have are from a northern kingdom they are associated with them and not regardless the act of transporting a member of the cage against without their owner Mm -hmm. is illegal Mm -hmm. so the whole time she is traveling with her traveling partner her traveling partner is breaking the law mm-hmm. they should be turning her in and reporting yeah. her because it is illegal to mm-hmm. travel within unattended gauge member yeah that's my sandbox <laughs> so you got to think about that kind of stuff yes like, is there a god system do the gods have any plays in it is it part of like mm-hmm. like when you were mentioning uh phrases like i have um like I think I have like a phrase that's like thanks Spiralux or like something referring to like mm-hmm. you know wishing for love yeah. or you know yeah. something like that so just you have to think, think about, about that. that um and then obviously you also have to have laws within your magic system if you are having a fantasy world that has magic um you have to come up with rules yeah. there I mean there there has to be rules and they have to make sense and your characters have to follow them you can't just be like oh yes you know um this the rules are you have to have a wand in order to do magic and then suddenly you have a character doing wandless magic but that's not possible Mm -hmm. so unless you explain why it is possible you gotta work within your rules and there's nothing against using current or past fiction Mm -hmm. to help guide your Mm -hmm. magical system or your so feel exactly 
it's a template. Use it as a mm-hmm. template and then flush it out for your needs. Yes. When it comes to character development, I think the hot take is things that you need to have written down. Height. Hair. Yeah. Ethnicity. Religion, if it's important. Mm-hmm. Um, any significant like features mm-hmm. to their body. Yeah. Um, it's nothing like forgetting what eye color your character has halfway through your novel and you're like going to describe their eyes and we're like, wait what color are their eyes? what color are their eyes do they have short yeah. or long hair what kind of hair what like what is their back mm-hmm. like where's i know they have a scar on their face but where is that but where is it yeah from? can't be switching <laughs> <laughs> like that's one of those things that like you don't have to have this crazy like a hundred page mm-hmm. document like you were talking about that <laughs> but like the bare minimum so your character mm-hmm. doesn't Yes. Characters kind of ebb and flow a little until it's they reach their mm-hmm. final form, but the core of it should stay the same. Like, yeah, you you can change your character's eye colors, but write it down. <laughs> yeah, write it down, um, and then go back if you've written things and control find control yeah, search control <laughs> yeah. search and change it if you need to, because that that continuity. But that all comes with the editing process. Yes, which yeah. we are going to be heading into mm-hmm. more of the first sentence the yeah the pitch the fun yeah. the summary like mm-hmm. all of that fun stuff in our next yeah. episode so yeah. we'll back for the, our next writing wednesday tips and tricks <laughs> <laughs> boo <laughs> i don't know why that sounded very witchy <laughs> so yes come back next week yeah. for more we'll talk to you later guys bye, bye.